Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Breaking Late. I'm your host Michael and with me again is JD. How are you mate? Not too bad. How about yourself mate? How's your week been? Uh, yeah, very, um, it's good. Getting ready for the F1. Um, you guys might be listening to this going, hey, why are you um, uploading an episode where it's not your normal release schedule? Do you want to explain why? Well, we've got a very special episode today. Actually, we're getting to talk to a, a very good up-and-coming driver, actually, in the development series and Super 2s. His name is Bryce Fullwood. Um, he is going to be talking to us. He's given us some time so we can ask him some questions. Yes, so we might as well jump straight into it. Um, right away, I reckon. We'll get right in. Here we go. Hey, mate. Uh, so when did you first start wanting to race? Um, probably when I was about 10 years old, um, my dad actually took me down to the higher go-kart, um, down at Hidden Valley there. And yeah, I saw him go around and thought, geez, how good was that? Didn't even really know much about go-kart turning, to be honest with you. And I, uh, managed to get myself a go in one and I was pretty much hooked from there. Um, but yeah, previous to that, I had sort of had no idea about racing, uh, in general. So yeah, sort of stumbled across it, I guess you could say. Uh, it's, it's a pretty good um, thing because we did know that you had quite a lot of success in um, go-karts. You went across over to um, Europe to race there for a little bit. Yeah, exactly right. We um, Yeah, we raced in the World Championships, which was actually over in Spain, which was a really cool event. So, yeah, I was fortunate enough to, to do quite well in go-karts and, yeah, very proud of what we were able to achieve. Yeah, we actually watched the Spain online when you were over there, actually. It was pretty good racing. Yeah. Tough yeah, conditions. Uh, definitely. It was very, very different to what we have here in Australia. And as you said, the, the racing over there was just so different. The conditions were really tough. You know, here in Australia, you know, generally speaking, when you were past someone in go-karts, you know, you pull out to make a move and the other person generally sort of lets you through like they know what's sort of coming. Whereas the guys over there, they really try and fight you to the, the end of the battle and it doesn't matter whether you lose five seconds on the track they just want to stay in front of you, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's not real smart you know sometimes it's easier if, if i'm faster or whatever it's easier to just get around them and then if they want they can just tag on the back and we'll keep going but exactly. they're more like they really want that spot so it's the old uh, yeah, no, it was, move forward together yeah exactly right it was a big wake-up call definitely for me i mean i tried to pass someone down the straight and I had a run up on the inside of him, and I thought, I've got this guy, no worries. And he looked at me and started turning into me, and I was like, well, I'm here. You can't keep turning. And he just turned straight across the front of me, and my front wheel hit his rear wheel as I was coming up beside him, and I went flying up in the air and come back down. And when I landed, I thought, geez, right, uh, it looks like I need to toughen up a bit here. <laughs> I didn't know there was that many sheep stations over in Europe. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. That's what it was like. It was a big wake-up call. Yeah, well, you would have had future F1 stars and everything in your field, so it would have been pretty full on. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the best in the world we're there, so um, I suppose the next generation's got to come through at some stage, so it yeah. will be pretty yeah. cool to uh, race against them when I see them in Formula 1. Yeah. yeah, you did quite well, actually. You qualified fairly well over there too, didn't you? Where did you end up? Uh, yeah, I qualified third outright, um, which was a really good effort. I was... Pretty, pretty pleased with that. I was actually ready to pack up and go home from there. Um, <laughs> third third in the world, so I was pretty happy with that. And to be quite honest with you, we had really good pace all weekend. Um, it just didn't quite work out for us in the end. It, it actually started pouring rain 
in apparently a country where it doesn't rain too much and they didn't have any runoff or any draining system or anything. So It did look like a just, bit of carnage. Oh, the truck was waterlogged and there was you going like nearly off the truck to get around the puddles and anyway, in the in the final I started fifteenth, I think. Um after a penalty over there, which again was how hard they race, I was starting off second. And the rule is, if you're starting off second, you can't go over the control line, which is the start line, where they drop the flag. You're not allowed to go over that before first place. You have to be even or behind. And we had, because it was such a fast track, obviously go-karts are obviously a single speed, so they took a long time to wind up, so you needed to get on the throttle for a long time before they started to get going kind of thing. And I timed it perfect, and I was right next to him, and I was sort of did a really good job and then just before we got to the start line the guy on first actually hit the brakes and I went across the start line in front of him and then they handed me a 10 second penalty straight away yeah, and you. you can't even yeah you can't even argue it they had it all on footage and everything and I said well you can clearly see you hit the brakes and they said no nope, this is what the rule reads and so I had to start back in 15th and yeah it was completely saturated and waterlogged the track and I ended up actually hitting a puddle on the first lap and spinning out and I went back to 36 which was last because um, obviously there was a lot of guys that didn't quite make the grid for the final race and I ended up being about a second and a half faster than any other go-kart on the track and I caught up to 11th and passed a lot of, passed a lot of people but it was amazing to see some of the country that obviously doesn't rain too much some of the guys were so fast in the dry and then come to the rain they were just nowhere yeah so yeah, it was very interesting to see, for sure. Very, very cool race meeting, though. Yeah, it's a big achievement, really. It's very high up there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Very very happy about it all. So um, making the jumps from carts to supercars, that would have been very difficult. What were the biggest difficulties you had to overcome? Um, probably, obviously, there's a lot more horsepower than you, than you go kart on. Yeah, yeah. The speed was, like, I wasn't scared of it, but definitely had me on edge um you know like the guys told me oh you know you go down conrod and you get a rest you know because you're just driving straight whereas i was still like geez i'm going pretty quick here yeah <laughs> sort of thing but I, I reckon the biggest thing that i found difficult was to judge because you're going so fast to judge the exact point on the track where you've got a break and then to try and move that point forward just one meter Yep. kind of thing so yep. like if you're going so fast and you go yep i break here you can't kind of just click your fingers and break again because if you do you've just traveled 10 meters yeah yep. so i found myself out breaking myself um quite a lot to start with i let go to make a pass and try to break a little bit later and i broke way too deep and was never going to make the corner sort of thing mm-hmm. yep. um so yeah and then obviously sitting on the right hand side of the car whereas the go-kart you're very central yep um it's a lot harder to race these cars too like in a go-kart you can sort of throw it in from a little way back and you sort of slide it in and you can get the job done no way. Yeah, watch some car, speed up. Yeah, exactly right. But with a car, because you're going so fast and obviously you're placing on the limit of these cars as it is, um, and obviously you're pulling a lot of speed off the car every metre that you're travelling into the corner, it's a big call to just break two metres later mm. to, to pass somebody. So, yeah, definitely, you definitely have to set your moves up a little bit more than just um, being able to go for a dive, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's something we've definitely seen improve um, over the last two years is that your confidence under brakes now is, seems a lot more solid. 
Yeah, exactly right. And it's it's just the last. So with obviously with the supercar having no uh, ABS or crash control or anything of that nature, a lot of the speed comes from actually getting the car into the corner because everyone can go flat out in a straight line and out of the corner. Mm-hmm. Like that's the easy bit. You know, a little bit of throttle control coming out of the corner so you don't wheel spin, but braking coming into the corner is the hardest thing because obviously you want to maximise the tyre under brakes the whole way into the corner, not only in a straight line, but as you're turning into the corner as well. And so that's your brake modulation. And that last phase of the braking modulation where you're braking as well as turning, there's such an art to it. And, you know, fortunately enough, I've done quite a few races in the car I'm in now, obviously having done Homebush um, in my first year and, and then last year as well. And then I've done the first year, uh, first round, sorry, Eclipse again this year, mm-hmm. really start to get in the hang of how the car likes it. And so, yeah, my braking in, in my car currently is a real strong point at the moment. So, yeah, it's um, taken a little while to get my head around it, but I think I'm yeah, pretty happy with how I'm going at the moment. That's really good. Uh, what yeah. are your targets over the next year and, and years to come? Yeah, so obviously a target it will be to win the Dunlop Series. Um, obviously, I've got some pretty big news that I'll be driving a Nissan um, for Townsville onwards, yep. which uh, came out not too long ago. Yep. My goals are to get a few top five race finishes when I get into the new car. My teammates have currently got the Nissan and mine will be the same as what they've got. And just being on the test days and stuff like that, comparing the two cars, there's definitely a noticeable pace difference. It's definitely a faster package. Um, So I'm really looking forward to that. From what they tell me, they do things a little bit differently, and it'll take a little while to get my head around it. But, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. feel like sort of the underdog a little bit in my car. So, yeah, getting the new car, I'm hoping to get, you know, some top five finishes and then obviously leading into next year. Hopefully, if, if everything goes well and I can secure the sponsorship I need to be able to keep going and uh, fuel my dream, then I'll race that car again the following year and then the dream will be to win the, to win the championship. Yep. So now you're one of the only drivers out there in the older spec car. What are the disadvantages and advantages out there, if there is any? Yeah, uh, so there's actually only three old cars. I'm one of three, mm-hmm. and and weirdly enough, they're actually all Falcons. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so there are mainly disadvantages. The biggest thing that we hurt or that I'm hurt with this car is I can't get off the corner like they can, and it's just because the new car's got independent rear suspension, whereas my car doesn't. Yeah. It's got a solid, solid dip. And so their cars ride the bumps really well off the corner, and it makes it really hard because... As I was saying to you before, you can't just break you can't just break five meters later to pass someone. Mm. <laughs> you need to be on their tail leading into the corner. So it makes it it's a catch twenty two. I can't really come out of the corner like they can to be on them to pass them. Yep. So it that's kills, something kills that kills your I'm, speed at the end of the straights, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And once you start losing from the very start of the corner, you continue losing and you, and that, that loss grows as you're going down the straight if you know what I mean, too. Yeah, so no, you might only they might only be going slightly faster than you, going out of the corner, but you might get them into the straight and they might be 10 metres in front of you, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. So, um, yeah, that's probably the biggest thing that uh, that's hurting me, I suppose. The other thing, too, is aero. And 
a track like Clipsal won't really show that. Through turn eight, it does, but that's the only real corner, and, and across the curves and whatnot doesn't really um, affect it. I mean, luckily in my car, I've got really good shocks in it, and mm. Matt White really knows what he's doing to setting that car up, and so it rides the curves really well. But going to a track like Phillip Island, that's going to really affect me yeah, having exactly. uh, the loss of aero. Yep. So I won't be able to carry the mid-corner speed. And it's definitely a little bit more slipperier through the corner. Like, it definitely feels like it's a bit more loose. Whereas watching the Nissans, they uh, they look quite planted through the corner. So, yeah, I mean, going into Clipsal, I definitely knew that was going to be my strongest result with the car. Yep. Yep. So I'm just going to have to try and gather it up and see what I can do at these next couple of rounds, being Tassie and, and Phillip Island. The Nissans did look quite strong in Super 2s on the weekend. They didn't have the best results. They had a bit of adversary in a few of their races, but it um, looks pretty promising for later in the year when you get into one. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, very, very promising. The cars are both very fast. Um, the slight issue they had with, with Jax, it was not a very easy car to pass with. Similar issue to mine. He just couldn't quite get out of the corner. He yeah, could make yeah. a faster lap do a faster lap than what they could but couldn't quite get around him yep. and Shay was the same he felt like I don't think they both felt like they fully got the Maximum. full potential out of both cars yep. Yep. but yeah they're both very happy with how things are going there so yeah definitely very promising for when I get into one really okay. looking forward to it How's it been working with Matt White and the team they've been really helpful it looks like you've progressed a fair way in the last year Yeah they're an awesome team you know they have they're such a wealth of knowledge Matt's been involved in supercars for such a long time. You know, he's seen so many different people. You know, you look at um, people in the main game, people like Tim Slade and Dale Wood, Chaz Mostert. There's heaps of guys that have come through his stable. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's really good. And he's the best thing about it is he really knows what he's talking about and he's able to answer every question I've got and he's able to point me in the right direction. And so... Yeah, I've really benefited from that in the last couple of years, definitely. He does seem like one of those team bosses that doesn't have any bullshit, so to say, behind him, you know what I mean? Like, it's all facts when it comes out of his mouth. He doesn't... Yeah, I don't know how to say yeah, it. Yeah, exactly right. his words. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. He's very, he's actually quite... He's a very quiet person. He actually doesn't say that much. Yep. And you don't know if you're doing a good job or if you're not doing a good job sort of thing. Yeah. Um. You know, like, very, very quiet, but what he says is true, and he believes in what he says, and he's, you know, he's not one of those kind of guys that just gives you lip service sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's a wealth of knowledge, and, and, yeah, I really respect him, definitely. That's good. Um, you've driven a few tracks now in the Super 2s. Which one's your favourite track that you've been to? Uh, that would have to be Phillip Island and Bathurst. Yeah. Uh, they're both different, but, mm. yeah, they're both awesome. Yeah, really, really cool tracks. Bathurst, obviously, in a league of its own. Yeah, well, you've um, but, shown some pretty good pace at Bathurst when you've been there, especially during the 12-hour and the combined sedans. You were fantastic over the weekend there. Yeah, yeah. The, the car went really well. You know, such a big thing at, at that place is just getting the laps on the circuit. Obviously, being a, a public road, mm. you can't get laps there. And so it's it's hard to build the confidence up on that track because there's so many so many just little bumps and grooves and, and bits and pieces that you've got to miss and bits that you've got to get and it takes a while to figure all those little bits and pieces out. 
It's a track um, that punishes you if you get offline, isn't it? Yeah, it's a track that rewards um, if you go real hard, yep. but it also bites really hard too. Yep. So, you know, you can just go ball to the wall, hang it hang it sideways and, and just rag it as hard as you want and you'll get a good time out of it. But, you know, you look at Chaz Mostert in 2014, whether you can do that every lap yeah. is the question. Um, yeah, it's, it's relentless. We've heard you've been so, doing some um, prep work in the racing sim before each race meeting. How's that help your confidence? It, it's been good. I've been working for Matt full-time um, as a mechanic there and, I'm fairly hands-on myself, and so I've actually been working on my car since okay. last year. Um, I've done everything on it, and Sweet. fingers crossed, it hasn't fallen apart yet. So <laughs> it's going well, but um, yeah, no, it, it is good because myself, I'm very mechanically minded, and so it helps me when I understand everything on, on how the car works. Yeah, definitely. You know, I'm sort of yeah, like you sort of, I suppose. Some drivers are probably similar and some are probably different. But for me, I find I like knowing how every change we do works so that when I know when to tell the engineer when I feel like it's time to apply a certain change, if that makes sense. Yeah, and so, where the car's going to head from there. Yeah, yeah, because obviously with you, with a race car, everything's a compromise. Whatever you do is a compromise. You might be able to pick up in this area, but losing this area. So it's all about trying to find the right change that's going to give you the Ultimate. least compromise. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's right. So like there's a million different things you can do to get the same effect, but you need to find what's going to not hurt you as much um, as some of the other changes. So yeah, there's, there's so many things you can change on the cars as well. So it's, it's been really helpful knowing how everything works. And um, I think it's definitely helped. Yeah, helped I definitely think it's a strength you can look at some of the drivers even in the main game and the mechanical sympathy people have that have come from sort of working on the cars to people that have just sort of um, worked their way there as a driver. I think it definitely helps some of the drivers get through races when they might have some problem with the car and they can, the driver actually knows what it is before the engineers and stuff do. Yeah, exactly right. It helps you to be able to manage the car because you know what's going on. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly right. There's, I think there's many pluses to it. I yep. don't know if it's everyone's cup of tea. I'm not sure if everyone believes in that, but uh, I certainly believe in it, and it worked for me with my go-karts, yep. and it seems to be paying off for me now in the car. So, yeah, that's how I do things, and it seems to be, seems to be working for me. Yeah, that's good. What's your highlight so far in this development series since you've been racing? Definitely last year. Um, I got a third place at Homebush, yep. which was pretty cool. Yeah, Obviously, was pretty strong. Was... Your pass around the outside was pretty amazing. Yeah, that was that was like a do or die moment. It was like, is it either <laughs> going to pay off really good or I'm going to get wiped out and I'm going to be pee nowhere. So yeah. <laughs> luckily, luckily it all worked out. And obviously going up in the field, the, the class of drivers get much better too. So mm -hmm. yep. um, I was aware of that. and. You know, if you were down the back a bit more, you wouldn't have tried to do that because there's you would have been in the a wall. fair chance you wouldn't have made it through the corner. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, I mean, it goes to show, like, qualifying is everything. You know, it's so hard to pass mm. um, in these cars, as I was saying earlier. And, you know, that round, I come off the back of my best qualifying, um, my best qualifying for the year and ever, and got a really good start and landed myself in fifth straight away. And I had the pace to run there. 
and I had the pace to run there all weekend, but I didn't qualify there, and you can't just pass. And obviously, once you lose the time on track, you can't just make it back up. Yeah, you know once there's I mean? a gap, it's very hard to pull back 10 seconds in yeah. a short race. Exactly right. So, um, yeah, so that that was definitely my highlight for me, definitely. It's, so what do you do after you have a bad re, re, uh, bad race to reboot for the next race? Like, yeah, you might have, like, a shocker race. You need to clear mentally to be ready for um, the new race. What What's your procedure through that? Yeah, pretty much you just, just wipe the race off and just say, look, forget about that. Concentrate on the next race and, and how you're going to go about things. And, you know, some things are out of your control. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, you just don't even think about them. Yep. Um, you know, some things are your fault and then you need to be able to learn from it and say, okay, well, here's what I did wrong. You know, the biggest thing is you need to be able to accept when you're at fault, I believe, and learn from your own mistakes. Yep. Um, some people some people make a mistake and don't, don't realise that and don't blame themselves for it. And obviously it's, it hits your confidence you make a mistake and, and you look bad and you're on TV and everything. And, but the only way to learn from it is to accept that it's your fault. And so, you know, if it's your fault, then you need to, I suppose, wear it. I guess that's something sure you've you don't carried from go-karts. Yeah, exactly right. You know, if, you know you've got to go apologize to the person, obviously, as well. But, yeah, I yep. mean, in go-karts, it was very close racing as well. And, yep. yeah, I mean, yeah, I suppose you have a general idea of in go-karts, you learn what you can and can't get away with. Yeah, yeah. And then, obviously, you have to do the same in the car. So, yeah, so, it's all it's all reasonably similar. So, are you still karting at all, or? I've been doing a little bit. Yeah, I haven't done too much. I have started this year, but last year I did a few club runs down at Oakley. Yep. My go-kart mechanic and mentor, James Sarah, I've been, I was living with him for quite a while, and so I got back into go-kart and did a few races, and it was pretty cool. One thing, I actually was going all right. I, I surprised myself. I did pretty well. I um, definitely didn't rock up with the best of gear. Um, <laughs> I was losing a fair bit down the straight and didn't quite have tyres like everyone else and whatever else, but I had to keep reminding myself that I was there for a bit of fun. I kept mm. wanting to go faster, and I was a little bit annoyed that I didn't have all the gear I need to, yep. to go faster because I knew I probably could have done the job had I had the gear, but I had to keep reminding myself that, Hang on a minute. This is for fun now. Not not quite being so competitive. Typical race car driver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it seems yeah. to be the new trend, but even some of the main guys, uh, the drivers have got back into carts. Nick Perkat's been in a cart last recent and Mostert. Mostert as well. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly right. Just uh, keep a lot sharp. of the guys get the shifter carts. Yep. A lot of the guys get the shifter carts, and they're very physically demanding to drive. They're very full on. You know, in the race car. In a supercar, obviously, your body's held up by the seat and you, your body's all strapped in. So it's only really arms and legs that do all the work. Mm. Whereas in the go-kart, you've physically got to hold your, your upper body up as you're going around the corners and, and hold your neck up, you know, and obviously fight the G-forces. And it's The go-kart obviously has no suspension, so it's very bumpy and very direct yep. as well, very harsh. So, mm. you know, obviously after driving... When I used to race go-karts, I used to be able to get in the go-kart and go all day and not have a bruise and be no worries. And then I got back in it and did 10 laps and was like, whoa, this is, <laughs> this is a lot harder than I remembered. <laughs> you feel a few muscles that you haven't used in a while. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Get out all bruised and whatnot after 
after days in the go-kart. But, yeah, a lot of guys are getting back into it because it, everything happens very fast, especially in those shifter carts. They're, they're very fast carts, and, you know, you've got to be thinking pretty fast. Although, obviously, you're going quick in the, in the race car as well. You yeah, know, it's such a short track bigger. on a shifter cart. You're in yeah, basically yeah. a standard cart track, and, yeah, it, everything yeah, happens very quickly. Cart. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Who was your role model um, as you were growing up and looking into racing? Yeah, this this has been a, a talking point with a few guys before. Um, it, it's complicated, but Craig Lount <laughs> yeah. would be my would be my idol just with how he engages with his fans and how he conducts himself all all the time. Mm-hmm. But then I'd like to have the professionalism of Jamie Winkup and the success of Jamie Winkup. It's yeah. very true. It's so, a good balance, isn't it? Those two role models. You've got Craig Lowndes that's really good with sponsors and fans and stuff like that. And he's had a lot of, um, what do you call it? Uh, success. Great success. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, and then you've got Jamie Winkup, which is more, he's 100% focused, less uh, sponsor sort of fan based. Not, not that he's bad with fans or people at all, but um, yeah, there's definitely a different balance of how they. Um, control themselves at race meetings and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly right. Very, very two different ways of going about it. But I feel as though you can you can do them both. Obviously, you need to be very yeah, you need to be very concentrated and very fixated on what you're doing at the racetrack. And I feel like Jamie Winkup's in the league of his own with that. Mm -hmm. You know, he's extremely, um, extremely. Yeah, what would be the word? He's he's so concent- he's concentrating so much, you know, and he's he's very determined. Mm-hmm. Um, yet Craig Lowndes is, you know, he's Happy. so good with his fans. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Every, Has a bad weekend, he's uh, still yeah. smiling. Yeah. Exactly right. He can have a crash and get out, and he still he still can smile at a joke, you know. Whereas yeah. a lot of guys up and down pit lane, you'd be surprised. You know, you'll get out, you go to interview them, and you know, you watch on TV, and they just don't want a bar of it at all. And obviously, that's not what everyone. I think yeah. Jamie showed that last meeting. I think it was the Saturday qualifying. He got out and he was a 10th behind Shane. And when they interviewed him, and they bas- he basically said, oh, it's never a good day when you're one tenth off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly right. <laughs> and he was in second. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So how do you prepare for a race weekend? Like, what do you do in the lead-up to the race to, like, relax and get ready? So I watch footage um, from where we're going. So, like, I'll just look up on YouTube or if the team... So Matt has quite a lot of footage, but going to Tassie is our next race. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't have any footage from there, obviously, because we've never been there. But Mm -hmm. usually I'll just look up footage and see sort of what's... You know, Supercar has some footage on YouTube, so usually I'll just look up some footage and try and watch and just pick out key things like brake markers and things like that. The racing line isn't really a big thing. You know, you figure that out pretty easy. That sort of comes to you. But it's more just a shortcut for the first session. You know, you sort of know, okay, that's where they were braking. So I'll go a little bit shy of that to start with, but I know I've got to get to there sort of thing. Whereas... You know, it might take you five laps longer to sort it out yourself, but, you know, it just... It's good I start, suppose, yeah. Yeah, it's a good start. You see, yeah, a little bit of homework. See where the cars bounce around and where they don't for, for bumps and all kinds of little bits and pieces. Yeah. Look at 
it a lot more in depth than the casual watcher. <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Will you be up here for uh, Darwin V8s again, racing and improved production, or is it uh, you're going to miss this year? No, I'll definitely be there, definitely. Okay. Um, we'll be racing our little V8 Commodore Cup car. Yep. yep. So I, I really, really enjoy racing that car. It's great fun. It's hard work against improved production guys. Obviously, they've got faster motors, bigger brakes, and, and, and better cars, but I definitely like the challenge. Be running with some front brakes this time. Yeah, yeah. Last time was last time was a bit odd. We had no rear brakes actually in first. Yeah. For, in the qualifying, I think it was had no rear brakes at all. We pulled the brake pads out afterwards, and we'd put new brake pads in, and they had like a, a painted surface on them. <laughs> we pulled them out, and the painted surface was still on them as we pulled them out. They were not working at all. What was so, wrong with that? I just I don't know. There was just it, I think what had happened is we because. The thing with the Commodore Cup is that it always locks the rear brakes coming into the corner. Yeah. So we try and well, I, I try and balance that out with a with a proportioning valve. So I try and turn the rear brakes off pretty much. Yep. And we didn't open it back up to bleed them. So we only bled the fronts and not the rears, and we had the master cylinder off. Yeah. So yep. it just it was going nowhere. Yeah. So you basically, airlock the rear yeah. end. <laughs> yeah. I had no had no fluid in the rear line. So yep. yeah. Yeah. Pedal had, would have felt good learnt, too. Yeah, it it was it was very odd. Anyway, would have so been pretty scary good. at the end of the straight. <laughs> yeah, well, it all felt good because I was like, "Geez, this is good. I'm not locking up this. Like, how do this? <laughs> you know, something different." And then, like a lap and a half in, I'm like, "Oh, hang on a minute. I've got no brakes here." Yeah, front brakes getting yeah. a bit hot. Yeah, well, they cooked within like a lap and a half, for two laps, and then I actually I went into the pits and I uh, spoke to Dad and I said, "Geez, the pedal's long. Like, you know, we're not going to get anywhere here." Yep. And there was a red flag that just fell. And so I stayed at the pit for about a minute or two. And then I went to line up to go back out on the track. And uh, in that time, the brakes had boiled in the pit. So I was cruising oh, down wow. pit lane at like 5Ks an hour. Go to put my foot on the brakes. And there's absolutely nothing. And I'm pumping the brakes, pumping the brakes. And I rolled into the guy in front of me. who was another local guy. Yeah. And uh, bumped straight into him. And he was like, <laughs> he put his arms up and was like, hey, what are you doing? I was like, <laughs> Didn't, didn't mean that, so I thought, yeah, I better pull out here and roll straight back to the pit. Yeah. I had absolutely zero brakes. <laughs> so that could have been really, really fun going down into the straight. So I'm glad I found them there and not in turn one. Yeah, what yeah. type of speeds is a Commodore Cup car pulling down Hidden Valley there? Uh, it reaches about 220. Yeah, okay. Um, still so pretty substantial cool. speeds for just front brakes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. It gets going not too bad. I think the thing that hurts it the most is it's only got a Super T10, so it's only a four-speed gearbox. Yep. So, you know, you go to change gears and it revs pretty hard in, in the lower gear and you change gears and it's like all of a sudden you've skipped five gears. Yeah. So it, um, that, I think that hurts a little bit. It makes, I think they make about 265 horsepower at the wheels, so they're yeah. not too bad they still get along pretty good but yeah i think the biggest thing is, is the gearbox hurts them a little bit but it is what it is everyone's got the same and i like that about the class you know it's all controlled it's a very controlled so, class it is actually quite a good one it's a bit hard with improved production that is so open there's so many different packages it... yeah exactly right and you know i thought about maybe trying to Dad and I sort of we were tossing up between whether we looked at going down the improved production path or whether the Commodore Cup path, and 
I just didn't really see any light at the end of the tunnel with improved production. Like, I think you could just put unlimited amounts of, of money and time and effort and development into the car and you just go faster and faster and faster. But you then eventually have no one to race against either because you're in sort of a league of your own. And I think with the Commodore Cup, you know, everyone's got the same motor, everyone's got the same rims, everyone's got the same brakes, everyone's got the same shocks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all... It's a bit like oh, go-karts like, again. <laughs> Yeah, exactly right. Like controlled I, I feel like the controlled class. Yeah, and it brings the racing closer together and and everything as well. So do you yeah, race Commodore Cup anywhere down, other than Darwin? No, so Commodore Cup was an uh, was a extremely large class down south, and it fell off because they went to VS Commodores, and then they went to Alloy Heads on the motors, and then they put Motec in the cars, and okay. then all of a sudden. The, the category got out of hand and the cars were worth so much money and everyone wasn't it wasn't very efficient to race them and so we've actually in Darwin all the guys in Darwin they've actually kept the category as when it was strongest so it's still like the first version of Commodore Cup with the VHs yep. um, so yeah they're old school and like we when they went up to a VSs they put dog boxes and everything in them and so we kind of said well why don't we put a dog box in it because we had heaps of problems with our gearbox it, um, we've had to rebuild it about four times because it always leaks and all yeah, kinds yeah. of stuff. And I knew if we just if we just put a dog box in it, it'd be no worries. But they were very adamant. No, this is how the class ran. This is how we would keep it. So bad luck. Yeah. Okay. So very very by the books in in old school terms. So yeah, I like it about the class. It's good. How unlike Darwin. <laughs> yeah. Racing old exactly. school. <laughs> exactly. So um, we know. You know, you've had long-term sponsors, but who do you really want to thank for your time in supercars so far? Middies have to be the people I want to thank the most. Obviously, Sam up there in Middies in Winelli, he yep. was he was the brains behind it, and he's the person that really helped me get started. Middies funding all came from Sam there in Darwin mm-hmm. to start with, which was a big chunk for one store, yep. and he he uh committed to it and that was that was the turning point for yep let's go racing sort of thing so yeah sam is a is a person that i have to thank and i have a lot of respect for him and i go and see him every time i go up to darwin oh, i'm wow. actually seeing him this weekend he's actually down here for the formula one are you going so, to that? yeah i am he's actually got a ticket spare ticket so oh, I'm well there. <laughs> so I'll, be seeing him, I'll be seeing him tomorrow but yeah no gotta thank him yeah, there's a lot of people I've got to thank, and I'll be here all day. But yeah, yeah. Have you got a few major no, ones you want to thank other than middies? We got time. Yeah. Okay. So definitely, definitely um, middies. My shop and go, who were on my bonnet last year, mm-hmm. they're um, big supporters. Race NT, my 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 grandma and Kerry, her partner. My grandma puts a, a massive effort into fundraising and does everything she can and. I'm actually quite staggered with the amount she's able to fundraise. Yeah. You know, she gets together with her friends and does high teas and does raffles and yep. stuff every week. And yeah, so I've got to thank her. She's definitely put a massive effort in, and my family as well for supporting me and, yep. and being behind me all the way. You know, it's um, yeah, it's really awesome. Very, I, I love actually talking to your parents because they're very supportive parents. They do a great job, and um, they really, really back you up, and they're really behind you. Hundred and ten percent. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm I'm very lucky in that, you know, whatever I want to do, my parents are there right behind me. And so, you know, dad 
he always says that he doesn't come racing for me. He'd rather be fishing and be at home catching up on work. But he's there at the racetrack because of me. But he he loves it. I know he does. Uh, I've <laughs> and seen even, him smiling down there. He loves it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he loves it. He's hooked. He actually he actually raced last weekend in the Commodore Cup. He I did, did see first that. Race, How'd he go? He actually he did well. He did the fastest lap time out of everyone, and it was his first race. He even won his first race. Wow. He, he was yeah. in third. He was in third and did a monster move down the straight, went from third to first in one move. Look out, so Bryce. He, you might be out of the car next yeah, well, year. <laughs> that's what I said to him. I said, shit, so you're a professional now, eh? <laughs> so, and yeah, obviously so no, NT Electrical on there as well. They, yeah, so he, uh, he yeah, he wanted, he, he actually did want to put NT Electrical on the car, but it worked out that my auntie who owned uh, Territory Firearms, she wanted it. So she snapped it up pretty quick. So it's yeah, the Territory okay. Firearms down the side of it. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So, no, that was pretty cool. Are you going to roll with that sponsorship at uh, V8s this year? Yeah, I'll, I'll see how we go. Usually we try and uh, get a few different sponsors and a few more sponsors to try and sponsor the car for the event while it's out in front of everyone. Yeah, obviously, uh, yeah. So, yeah, we haven't. Yeah, we've we've only just sort of started to get the ball rolling with that. So yeah, we'll we'll see. We might might chop it up a bit and change it. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. I don't know quite yet. So if anyone's interested, they can just go to your website and there's follow the links. Yeah, there. yeah, exactly right. Just uh, just by forward dot com dot au and then jump on my Facebook page Bryce forward and you can mos- you can message me and, and like the page and see what I'm up to and everything. So yeah, feel free to contact me. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's good. What's your predictions for this weekend, um, Formula One-wise? Yeah, I'm not really sure. Obviously, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, Red Bull have got new power units, mm-hmm. so they're meant to be three-tenths faster from what I've seen or from what I've heard and what articles I've read. But from what I recall, they needed a little bit more than three-tenths. Yeah, so, yeah we'll like have to see. For... Ricardo is about yeah, a second behind in um, FP2. Yeah, so obviously Ferrari and Ferrari and Mercedes are going to be the cars to beat. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Valerie Bottas goes as well, mm. I reckon. It's, it's a lot of interesting things to unroll tomorrow, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, I'm quite excited. I I don't personally follow the Formula 1 that much because it's just the, just the difference in the category. Sort of, I sort of lose interest in it, you know, because you almost know where the cars are going to come. Yep. Which, yeah, it has you know, been that way for a few years about. now. Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, previous years, you know that it's going to be one of the Mercedes cars, one or two, and, yep. you know, then usually you look at Ferrari. And so that's one thing I love about Fiat Supercars. You know, you, you can have one person that wins one race, and then the next race he's down in 10th and someone else is winning like it. It's one yeah. of the so best control events in the, category. in the world, I reckon, in the category. Yeah, it has to be. I definitely agree with that. What do you reckon championship-wise in V8s this year? Oh... Uh, to be honest with you, I think Van Gisbergen's going to be pretty hard to beat. Yeah, he's definitely on a roll. Yeah, he's on he's on a roll. He's looking pretty moment, confident. But yeah, crashed I think out he, today. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of interesting though. I'm, I reckon uh, DJ Penske are going to surprise a few people this year. They're you know, they got very some, quick. They got some big brains in that team this year. They've recruited some really really good people. Um, you know, there's if there's probably four or five really good engineers on the market, they've got three of them. Yep. So <laughs> it's going to be very interesting. I'll be very surprised if their cars don't go somewhere 
It was very interesting that they took Ludo away from Triple Eight. That would have, um, well, obviously you want to get the best engineers and also some of the fastest cars, which were the Triple Eight last year, they're the car to beat. All of a sudden bring some of those ideas across into your team. It's always going to make you go faster. Exactly right. Obviously, Triple Eight will have painting all the ideas, but they won't have painting all the ideas in Ludo's head still. Yeah, exactly. Um, There's different ways to you know, accomplish the same thing as well. And obviously, Ludo's been working on those, and he's just one of them. But Ludo's been working on those cars for a long time too. So, you know, over over a little while, you figure out what the cars seem to like and what they don't like, and and you keep trying to refine the setup that you've got and the platform that you're using. So, yeah, I mean, they they almost, are, you know, I'll be very surprised if they don't go really well this year, put it like that. Yeah. Yep. I think I'll see some good results out of them. Oh. And with the Super 2s, you got any predictions there, mate? Price number one. Yeah. N- <laughs> yeah. Not, not just yet. Hopefully me first, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, um, no, I mean, Paul Dumbrell's obviously, he's hard to beat. You know, he's, a lot of people say that he shouldn't be in the category, but I actually find it good because I think he's the benchmark. Yeah. I feel like he's definitely got the pace to be a main game driver still. Yeah, like, well, I really see, rate him. You see how he goes in the endurance cars, like in the endurance season. So to see, be able to race against him in the Dunlop gives you guys a lot of confidence if you're competing with him. Yeah, well, you know, if you're able to mix it with him, then you're ready, mm. if you know what I mean, too. So I think he's probably the most consistent, but... Yeah, it'll be interesting. Obviously, the likes of Todd Hazelwood and even Jack LeBrock, you know, they're they're knocking on his doorstep. So, it'll be very interesting to see what happens and how that the year unfolds. So, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to make a prediction on that one. <laughs> well, Gary right. Jacobson seemed to fall from grace a little bit at Clipsal as well. He struggled quite hard. Yeah, well, it's interesting because, I mean, according according to them, the cars changed a lot this year, but I don't know that it has. So. Yeah, it was I mean, very odd. Yeah, so he was just absolutely nowhere. Like, I passed him, you know, and I'm in a, an old FG, he's in the FGX, meant to be the bigger and better thing of my car, and I passed him. So, yeah, well, he's in yeah. basically in the same spec FGX that Frosty won a championship in the main game. So Yeah, exactly right. It's, that's exactly what it is. Yep. And there's a good chance it's even that car. Because yep. they've built cars since then. So, yeah, I mean, there should be nothing wrong with the car. One thing I think might have changed they might have put different shocks in them. Yeah. Which, you know, shock absorbers is huge, is pretty huge. much the whole yeah. race car. Yep. So you know, that's a massive thing. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't know too much about it all. But yeah, yeah. yeah it's obviously it not was your very team. Surprising so far down. Yeah, it was very surprising to see it so far down, that's for sure. Yeah. It, it took me back watching it. Yeah, definitely. I very much enjoyed um Watching you carve up the field at Calypso, that was um some great TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I think there was there was twenty three cars in the race, and I passed thirty three cars for the weekend. Yeah, your your car <laughs> just looked like it was on rails that weekend. Yeah, I did a lot of passing. Yeah, the it, car was fast. I think we had enough pace for probably six or six. Yeah, and yeah, coming well, from you the back of the race. Yeah, exactly right. I I wound up fifth in the second practice. Which yep. was really good, but then come qualifying, the team made a slight error with the car, and it really, really cost me. So, yep. you know, it's very hard when you have to start from the back. Yeah, yeah. you got plenty of passing practice. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'll, and I think Bathurst helped me with that with the with the combined sports sedans. I did a lot of passing oh, okay. there yep. too. So, 
that helped me, obviously, with the combined sports sedans. And it was, it was quite funny, though. I think there was about five supercars. Yeah. But, you know, you had, like, Mini Coopers and all kinds of things going around the track. So I think I did a 209 around there, and I think the slowest car was a 255. Oh. <laughs> so it was a massive speed lapping them every big gap. laps. Yeah, I think it took about three laps, and yeah. I was lapping them. <laughs> it was and, really uh, good watching. Yeah. yeah, it was good fun. I passed about four cars down Connaught in one go once. <laughs> two minis, a Tirana, and I can't remember what the other car was. How did the Commodore go there? It seemed to be like it was handling quite well. It was yeah, I, I probably the main expected game of development series now. Pardon me. Was that helped because of how well you go in development series? Yeah, I think I probably expected the car to go a little bit faster. To be quite honest with you, yeah. Um, okay. I did a two hundred seven seven there in the FG. Obviously. You know, that car is dialed in quite well, but there's just slight little bits and pieces with the Commodore that weren't quite right. Certain things like, you know, the power steering in the older generation cars used to lock up going through the grate. Yep. So, yeah. you know, as the car dropped, the steering would bind up and the steering wheel would lock or it would try and rip it out of your hands. And it makes it really hard to have the thing on the limit all the time when you can't actually turn. Mm-hmm. So my car was physically locking up going through there. Like I couldn't turn the steering wheel at all. And if I had the wrong amount of water, exactly right. And so that's why we did a 209 and not a 207. <laughs> just areas like that where you just, it's not worth putting the thing in the fence for because we had enough pace to do what we wanted to do and, and to achieve what we wanted to achieve. So there wasn't any use. Well, my goal was to get 208 drive. out of it. Pardon me? It was still a very impressive drive. Yeah, yeah. I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. And obviously, the other cars there were Kumo cars, which is what that Commodore is now. It's sort of good for Kumo. So, but yeah, no, the car was the car was running quite well. A few little areas and, and things like that, but I suppose it wasn't really worth pushing that extra little bit for. Mm-hmm. But definitely everywhere else where it, you know didn't have the steering locking up and stuff like that, we were we were I was giving it all I had. Yep. Jumping back to the Super Twos. Um... The good result in Calypso, you're now going to Tasmania next. You must carry a carry a bit of confidence through there. How do you think you'll go in Tasmania? Yeah, it's gonna be an interesting one. As I said to you before with the aero, mm-hmm. it's you know, Tassie's a fast track. The one advantage with the aero with the FG is it's slippery, meaning yep. that through the air yep. it's actually quite straight. fast down the straight. Yep. Yeah, it's quite fast down the straight, but Aero handling wise isn't as flash, so we'll have to see how we go. The, the new cars have got bigger brakes on them as well, mm-hmm. but from what I've seen, the smaller brakes on my car haven't seemed to hurt me yet. I haven't okay. got being last year, we obviously upgraded to the 18 inch wheel and tire, and mm-hmm. we got to pull a bit of weight out of the cars as well because the newer cars are lighter. And I think it was just the turning point that the brakes needed because I haven't had barely any brake fade at all with the, even with the smaller brakes. So there you go. I don't think braking will be an issue at Tassie. I think that'll be no problems. It'll more yeah. just be the aero. Yeah, okay. so, it's sort of when you come onto the front straight there where it's all flat out but got a couple of bends in it. Yeah, yeah, that'll be the that'll be the one. Coming onto the, the little front stretch will be the that'll hurt a little bit, but obviously my car does handle the curves really well and I was none of them in Tassie, so Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't expect it to go as well as it did at Clipsal, but 
hey, I'll still be trying. Yeah. yeah. Well, best of luck. Yeah, no worries. Thank you. I think that's. I think it. that's us. Yeah. Look, mate, thanks a lot for this. We really appreciate no it. No problems at all. Um, we'll love to catch up with you again when you're in Darwin. We'll definitely pop yeah. you under the pits and say hello. Yeah, oh. too easy. No so, yeah. If oh. anyone wants to jump onto Bryce's um, website, just once again, it's brycefullwood.com. You can follow through. Um, yeah, have a look at it. Check him out. Um, yeah, Bryce, best of luck in the future, mate. Good luck, mate. You're doing no. the territory proud. No worries. Thank you. Thanks right. a lot. Too easy. We'll let you get uh, get to have some dinner now and uh, good luck at the races tomorrow. Have fun. Yeah, we'll do. Thanks, guys. Nice. Right. Well, that's our um, episode for tonight. Thank you for tuning in. How'd you um, how'd you feel, JD? It was uh, a little bit nerve wracking, to be honest. Uh, that was a very first interview for us, and um, it was good to get it out of the way and talk to a really nice bloke and uh, a good driver. So it was really good. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, don't forget to hit Bryce up on his Facebook page. It's at Bryce Forward Racing. Um, or you can check out his website at www.bricefullwoodracing.com. Don't forget, guys, to, you know, like like and share the post on Facebook. Um, we've had a big surge in listeners, and we're really appreciative of it. So We really want to thank everyone out there, actually. Over the last month, we've um, had a big surge in listeners. So thank you for everyone that's sharing and telling people about us. It's really good to get that support behind mm-hmm. the program. The biggest way we grow is you guys telling your friends. So if you know anyone that wants to listen to it, tell them, go, hey, jump on this podcast. Um, we'll have another episode up again on Thursday, which will be covering the um, the Melbourne Grand Prix, which is hell of a good race. What's uh, your predictions for it? Ooh, that's a really hard one. I, we, so this is Friday just after um, we've watched two practices today from the um, Formula One. It's looking very much like Mercedes are quite strong still. Yeah, um, I don't know if they're sandbagging or I'm. I keep thinking in my head that everyone's sandbagging, but there's got to be a point where the sandbags come out and we just go flat out. I think that will be very much tomorrow with qualifying. We're going to really start to see who's brought the power, whose engines have improved the most over the off season, whose aero package is working, and. Uh, well, there is actually a couple of interesting things with it as well, with the suspension being taken away from Red Bull and mm-hmm. and Mercedes. So that's quite an interesting one that we we'll see whether Ferrari is that's helped Ferrari catch up as well. Um, and there's a lot of unique ideas through the paddock. So it would be really interesting to see how it plays out tomorrow. I can't wait to see it. So who's your pick? Ooh, I'm ugh, I'm gonna say Hamilton. I'm just going to side with every other person in the world, pretty much. Boo. I'm going to jump on the um, Vettel bandwagon. I think yeah. he's got it. Yeah, I think it's it's a hard one between Mercedes and uh, Ferrari. Red Bull still could surprise us. I wouldn't be surprised. They're the type of team that will hold back just mm. to rub it in everyone's faces on qualifying. <laughs> yes. Well, we'll find out. You guys will know before, before this episode, episode. Probably out. <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm going to bust my ass and we'll get it out. Okay. So... Anyway, thanks again, guys. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Appreciate everything. We'll catch you guys later. Thanks, guys. Catch ya. Bye. Bye.